0: Yummy. Hey everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish. This is Stephanie March, and I am here today with Ms. Meredith Deeds. Yes. And uh, we are just kind of hanging out on this gorgeous Saturday and figuring out what to cook, what to eat, what to play, what to do, all right. sorts of stuff. Right,
1: right. Yeah, we are actually you got all kinds of ideas. Yeah, there's
0: like I, I love it because then I I love coming and especially being like, I haven't seen Meredith in a couple months. Yeah. It's been and while. I sort of feel like, okay, what am I gonna what am I gonna be inspired to cook today? And for me the answer is grated tomatoes. Uh,
1: yes. I think that is
0: what's happening. Oh yeah. I'm actually gonna cook dinner for uh the kid, uh the birthday kid, the girl tonight and her fiance. And um here's the deal. I'm doing a pork. Uh, I think I'm going to try to do a pork shoulder for tacos. In your Instant Pot. <laughs> but no, here's the deal. Do you think I can get a small pork shoulder done in four hours? Sure. Okay. What do you think? I'm going at 325? Well, here's the thing no, 275? Cut it up into chunks. Oh, I have to time. do it.
1: You don't have to do it all that in that one, entire piece. one oh. Yeah, it takes less sometimes time.
0: Sometimes it's like the genius that you're like, <laughs> duh. That sounds really, of course, that's a really great idea. Yeah,
1: just cut it into chunks. And because you're going
0: to shred it anyway.
1: Yeah, exactly. Actually, what I do, I brown it in a piece, one whole piece, and then cut it into chunks. Because if you brown it in little chunks, um, I find sometimes they get t- they, the toughness never really goes away yeah you know it gets still sort of you get that stringy yeah. hardness sometimes so i brown it in a, in a in one piece and then let it cool for a minute and then cut it into chunks and so it's got some of that brownness and all that good flavor yeah and then braise it okay it takes less
0: time okay this is good um okay so let's talk about the fact that this is time for top two in hour two. Yeah. Two, two. two one and now the weekly dish presents top two top two the top two pick your best two in our two all right give me two winning, winning. all right well these are the time of the show that we talk about two things that we are sort of mildly obsessed with we've been thinking about they're kind of in our brains this week so why don't you go what's your first one all right okay have you heard of spicy
1: chili crisp (laughs) no okay the cult of spicy chili crisp is real It is a sauce that is, um, it's a Chinese sauce. It's got chilies and peppercorns and spices in it. It's sort of a chili oil sauce, but it's got all these, you know, chili flakes and whatnot in it. But here's what makes it incredible. It's also got roasted soy nuts and fried onions and fried garlic. It is a Incredible condiment that I put on everything this week. That would stand still. Really, I slathered them in this condiment. It is so good. They sell it in uh, like an eight ounce jar, and it serves like four servings in one ounce because you just eat so much. You of eat it. so much of it. It. Is, it is really good, and it has been um, building in like popularity. It's in China. It's it's one of the most popular sauces. It sells. This little grandma that in, that invented it and bottled it is a self made billionaire oh. in China and, <laughs> and so, she's on the label and she is on the label they you can get it I'm sure at most Asian markets and also on Amazon, wow. but I put it on like my avocado toast, yeah, I put it if I'm making a, one of my tomato sandwiches, which I make
0: every day <laughs> oh my God put,
1: the toast, the mayo and then this chili this this spicy chili crisp eggs, anything that you eat i mean ice cream people yeah. put it on ice cream it's it's so good uh,
0: this is you have amazing to order it now yeah it's called and you can see it says lao gan uh, yes. lao gan ma and that is i think the person uh, started making and selling it in 1997 um, if you Google it, you will see all kinds of I'm going to put this article by Taste, which is called Taste yes. Cooking Cult yep. Spicy real. Chili Crisp. is real. And it's like, Sirius oh my God. Serious Eats
1: has a good one, too. They also have a have a recipe where you can make your own.
0: <sighs> oh my God. The godmother pictured on the jar was a widow when she opened a noodle shop in the Guizhou to support her family. She right. began bottling the sauces and quickly became one of the richest self-made billionaires in China. Right? I am down for this sauce. No, it is so...
1: So good, and I insist that you go okay. right over to. You know what
0: I'm really bummed by? The teens were at United Noodle last night, and they oh, and probably have would have up. gotten it. But when
1: you get it, don't just get one bottle. Okay, get many bottles. Get many bottles. Because honestly, I I've I've got it a couple of days ago, and I'm already through almost all of it.
0: Oh, okay, well, because I made some sesame oil, you know, some spicy sesame oil. But this looks like this has more guts. Yeah, so to it. here's the thing about it: it is spicy,
1: but not. In the because it has all these other things in it, yeah. The isn't in the intensity, so I can put like a tablespoon of this on a sandwich, yeah, and love it. Last night I made I made lamb burgers last night.
0: Oh yeah. I
1: put a I put this on it, and um, it was so good. And you can use a lot of it at a time because it isn't that sort of yeah. So if you're worried about it being too hot, don't worry. Um, Buy some and taste it, and you'll see how you can you know determine for yourself. What amount? But what for amount? me, like a serving but is But don't like be a half scared of it Don't be scared of it. That's the thing. A lot of things that look like this are wildly hot this isn't
0: this is specifically this. lao gan ma lao gan ma okay spicy chili crisp i like the name that that there's crisp in the name yes because it's crispy it has this it's like a crunch texture oh yes. i can't wait I'm gonna oh get it's some. so good okay good all right so that was your first one yes. i'm very excited for it Now, you. um the first one i'm going to talk about is there's a new york times article out where um they it's a beautiful article and i just kind of loved it it's called uh, The Road Trip to the Fiberglass Frontier of Northern Wisconsin. And it was this wonderful. Normally, you know, the New York Times tends to bug me. Anytime a New Yorker decides to discover our land and our oh, yeah. peoples, it bugs me. Grape because, salad. Yeah. Uh, that's all we need to it's say. It's even buffoon. Grape salad, but it's like they're like oh my god, there are things here that people should you know, like, oh my god, these people eat food, and you're like, yes our corn is amazing, and we're not just idiots, yes and so one of the things that, but this guy, Robert Simonson, is a Wisconsin boy by nature, he grew up in Eagle, and you know, he's like a guy who's just, he uh he, you know, like, which is by kind of by Milwaukee, but he's a guy who like obviously came back for a family reunion. He has his kid and his dad on this road trip and they're doing the trail to find like, you know, the, what they call the muffler men, the, the fiberglass statues, you know, like all like the Paul oh. onions everywhere. And like, you know, the, the muskies and sure. everything else. So, and you can't call it pub when it's in Wisconsin. Let's just be clear about that. They call it lumberjack man, oh, but, uh, Larry, the lumberjack in Wabend, uh, But the thing is, is like, it's kind of a beautiful touching. Uh, If you have any Wisconsin, you know, thing, if you, some Mm -hmm. of us I know are just fully in our little beautiful state of Minnesota, but you know, I went to school in Wisconsin and I used to live there when I was a little kid, but yeah, and I just, I, I totally get it. And there's something really great about talking about the cottages up in Minocqua and you know, he does get into the door County fish boil thing a little bit and sister Bay and the goats on the roof and there's, it's a, it's really well done. So I I just think if you and the Layman's supper club, which again, if you don't, it's in rice lake if you have never if you've always thought like oh i should go i should know what this whole supper club thing is all about go to layman's like it's really something that is something special and there's there's nothing like it in the whole country exactly I that's love the that thing. stuff. Like, i love all that stuff. and that's why i'm glad he's just like that to me is like worth mentioning and right. with reverence not like oh my god there's this it's already in his dna and he's just sharing it that's the difference. Excellent. So there it is, New York Times. I'm going to put a link up to it called "Road to the Friarburg Glass Frontier," and I do love those stupid things. There's a big giant mouse in Nielsville, that was like where they they had a cheese <laughs> pavilion at the World's Fair in like 1939, and it was this giant mouse was part of it. It's and an I attraction. drove by it going to college every it's every a year. Roadside attraction, amazing.
1: There's nothing wrong with
0: that. Yeah, I love it.
1: Okay, what's your second one? Okay, I on the way back from Boston watched um a wonderful documentary uh called The Biggest Little Farm. Yeah. And it was in theaters it still is I think in a few theaters but it is on August 20th um coming up on Amazon Prime and you all have to see it. It is an, it's a delightful story about this city couple who um adopt a dog and the husband is a nature um he's a uh not a photographer but a um does documentaries yeah. on nature films. Yeah. And so he, um, they got this dog and the dog barked all the time and they got kicked out of their apartment and they didn't know what they were going to do. They didn't want to give, you know, get rid of the dog. So they decided to fulfill this dream they had of owning a farm and and, um, me doing it the old fashioned way, like literally doing it the old fashioned way. And he documents this process of buying this land that really is, you know, it was a farm, but it, it's, it's got a lot of work to be done yeah. to make it a farm again and how they just transform it and how clever they had to be to find solutions. Like they have, um, they have a, a big snail problem there. All the snails are eating all their fruit on their trees. And so they also have ducks. And so they figured out, you know what? Ducks like snails. So they release all the ducks into the, you know, and, but it's this process of discovering how nature works together. Yeah. They, um, they had coyotes and they were an issue with their chickens, but they, the coyotes ended up helping them with other problems. (laughs) So anyways, it's, it's just a beautiful, where is the farm?
0: It's in, do you remember? That's okay if you don't. I just was wondering. It's in California. It's
1: actually, I think it's like in the, um. I think it's like in the, not in the Bay Area, but yeah. generally yeah, in, that, in that. Yeah. Uh, in growing that region. basket. Yeah. <laughs> the that, the of, bountiful cupboard. That's right. Of yeah. California. And it's really just a lovely story. He films it, I think, himself. Yeah. So, he must. And he did it from before they owned it to all the way through. The woman was a private chef. So she was so all there. about growing things and just, it's just, really a beautiful little story. If
0: you want to really look into what like that kind of farming can happen and how that can be. Exactly and what it takes. And what it takes. And and it's hard. Yeah. I mean it's hard. There's a lot of
1: discouraging moments for them all the way along. But it's interesting to find how they found unique solutions to each one and how nature works together. That's so good.
0: Okay, I have one more before we go. Go. Um so you know those uh you know those little when you get a six pack of beer or four pack of beer the cans, they have those weird little plastic things on top, you know, and there's no longer like the loopy things though, those hard plastic tops that kind of grip the top of the can. Yes. Well, those are called pack tech for some, that's what those are called. Okay. You know, they're all different cover colors and a lot of people use them. Um, you know that they are not recyclable in Minnesota. A lot of people don't know that.
1: I did not know that they,
0: it is, there's something with the sorting that is not, and I throw them into my recycling all the time and I did not realize they're not getting recycled. Okay. So this is a thing um, that we wanted to highlight because Able Brewing is actually offering free beer if you bring in five or more of those pack tech carriers, four or six pack tech carriers to our tap room, we'll buy you a beer. Oh, like they're gonna do it. They're pro- I don't know if it means like they're gonna be sending them to somewhere, uh, but they're 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 gonna recycle them. They're gonna have a way to recycle them. Um, maybe they're gonna use them. And they're, but they're basically a sorting issue and they're going to uh, skirting the sorting process and get the plastic reused. So they're going to be reusing them themselves. Excellent. So bring them into Able Brewing. And you, if you bring five of them, then they'll give you a free beer. That's great. Isn't that a good one? Absolutely. I think that's great. So it's, and then, um, and then Loggersmith will arrange a large drop at our local recycling center. So that's it. Good. So there, there you go. Those are our top two in our two. We're going to put some links up. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the not Minnesota State Fairs. We'll be right back hey everybody welcome back to weekly dish thanks for joining us today by the way if you have missed any of our amazing content that we have already been talking about this morning do not fret because you can just dial us up on the podcast we are available at podcast one or wherever you're finding your podcasts and uh we are we all you can catch all the whole blast okay. hour all yeah. the good things Create your tomatoes i That's mean all right. sorts of things you need to know and your garlic yeah and your garlic no doubt um we are talking about the fact that it is I mean, it is like, we are days away. What are we, five days away from the ah, state fair, the Minnesota wow. state fair? I don't, I'm do already
1: worried for you. I know. i already worried for I you. Know.
0: And please, 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 you guys, if you are out there, come see us. We are going to be broadcasting live. Uh, Hans and I will be at the My Talk booth from 9 to 10, just one hour of Weekly Dish, don't forget, at the state fair, 9 to 10, but we'd love to come see you. I know it's early. Um, we we usually get people with some coffee and, you know, maybe a sweet Martha or two. Every once in a while, you see someone with a turkey leg. It's great. But, uh, but yeah, apparently there's bleachers this year. I haven't seen the new, the new booth or anything, but it sounds like there's, you know, it'll be great. Nice, comfy place to sit and
1: watch. Kind of a chill stop
0: at. So we're excited for that. Um, we are, uh, so, but I don't really want to get you sick of the state fair yet, the Minnesota (laughs) state fair, because I know that by the end of it, you guys will want to pop one in my face, you know, but. (laughs)
1: There'll be a lot washing over everybody with the state fair.
0: But what's so interesting is actually other state fairs. Yes. Because the focus on the Iowa state fair right now is kind of amazing. It is. I mean, it always is a thing
1: right before, you know, an election. But um yeah. Because all the politicians go and they eat all the things, right? But there's a lot more of it this year, don't you think?
0: I feel like, like I don't know, more. and maybe it feels like it. maybe because Pete Buttigieg, yeah. or however you say <laughs> his last name, Buttigieg, he he apparently like ate everything. Like most of the candidates are like, here's the corn dog, and they're like, ha right. They maybe and they don't want to be because and I agree. Here's the deal: because when you're being photographed a million times, you want to be careful. The <laughs> chance that you are going to look like some sort of a weirdo yes. taking a bite of it, and yes. I know this. Yes, because there are people who take pictures of me while I'm on the TV right? and that's never good. It's it's hard. No. And <laughs> um, like from their TV, I'm saying, yes. you know, and but I mean, the thing is, is like it's so you I think they're daintier. They're careful. They're always metered. Apparently, Pete. No, he Mare went P,
1: for it. He went for it. And in a white shirt. I
0: mean, I, I
1: can only imagine how many of his assistants had extra white shirts yeah, for
0: him. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I was very impressed. I was too. He he seemed to enjoy it. There is going to be a Mayor Pete booth up at the Minnesota State Fair this well, let's year. Let's see if he shows up and eats. I, uh, I, I, I did contact he eats his people much at, our, at our
1: fair, and yeah. I
0: said, if he shows up, you have got to let me know so that I can go eat a corn dog with Mayor Pete. Actually, I would probably make him eat like. Uh, something massive on a stick because that would be fun. Oh, I what would, would I make him eat? I would
1: hold his white shirt just to see
0: that happen. Yeah, I would be in the background yeah. holding. Maybe <laughs> I would make him go to the Hamlin Dining Hall and we could snarf a whole bunch of like Swedish meatballs. I'd yeah, be down that, for that would be good. Don't you think? He probably he seems like
1: he's an eater, like he likes it. Clearly, I think so. Yes. Um
0: Okay, so at the state, so but okay, so let's talk. We've talked the minute or the Iowa State Fair. I want to let you know that the best new food they declare a best new food right. every year. There's is, uh, it's called Georgie's Roast with the Most from the G-Migs Wrap Stand. They call this one the best fair, it's, it's pot roast, white rice, and chorizo with roasted green chilies, cheddar jack cheese, and corn tortilla crumbles, um, and something they're calling candy corn salsa, which is not have, it's just corn, sweet right, corn, sweet. yeah, wrapped in a big cheddar tortilla. With the, a sour cream drizzle, and then do they fry it? Or I don't think so. No, it doesn't look like it is, but it is apparently the biggest, best um, thing at the, sta- at the Iowa okay. State Fair. I'm saying I would. That looks delicious. I'm sure that it is delicious. <laughs> that looks really good. And I'm sure it is. You know, there's plenty of other things that were at the State Fair uh, at the Iowa State Fair. Uh, a bacon wrapped pig wings, pork shanks wrapped in bacon, and then deep fried. Apple nachos, cinnamon sugar chips, covered in caramel and apple. We have peach nachos. Right. Um, And the super dog. Here it is. This is the same thing. We have this. Their super dog is a hot dog stuffed inside a hollowed pickle, which is then deep fried in core dog batter. That's, we have the dilly dog. The dilly dog is new this year for us. Is that right? Same thing. Okay. So I'm kind of interested to see, you know, how it measures up. I don't feel like the Iowa State Fair. People tell me all the time that, uh, that the Iowa State Fair doesn't compare?
1: Uh, you know, I have a good friend who handles or used to handle the uh, gold ribbon, you know, the blue ribbon, um, you know, all the food contests. Yeah. And all over the country in state fairs. And she would always tell me, you know, the, Min- the Minnesota State Fair is special. It is unique. You're like, it's, how do you know? It's <laughs> homey. And, and, but I've been to a few other state fairs, and I can attest to that. Like, the Texas State Fair. Tell us
0: about the Texas State Fair. So, it's
1: in a much Bigger space, not I don't think not nearly as many people come, although I could be wrong. Maybe it just seems not as populated because we are just a mass of humanity. But theirs is spread out, that's why theirs is a bigger area. Well, it's also
0: days, I think. They they have longer three
1: weeks, it's in October. It's longer probably because people are going to school, so you got to give them a chance on the weekends to come. I don't know. Yeah. But um. But you know, it'd be way too hot to have the state fair in t- in oh, Dallas. In the yes. it's right outside of Dallas, and it's like the Cotton Bowl area. Um. And and it, and it's nice. I will say that there are corn dogs, Fletcher's corny dogs yeah. there. Are the best corn dogs, mm. and corn dogs mean a lot to me. I
0: know you have a you have, <laughs> have a personal. I have a little. And then are you and is it a corn dog versus prono pop? No, I'm all about
1: the corn dog. Okay, okay. Um, but but and although prono pups are delightful as well, I, I eat either. But the corn dog is my favorite, and they have a good one. It, but it doesn't. It just doesn't have to me the same feel as the the Minnesota State Fair. I just think, um, you know, it's ours is walkable. It's it's easy to see every. It wasn't no no. You can't see everything. Can't see everything, but um, you can see the things you want to see, and and it just has such a lovely, um, small town feel to it in nooks and crannies. There's always something in some little pocket of the
0: fair that is fascinating to watch. Yeah. And, and it's because it's truly the farmers of the area. It is. I, I just don't know if it. it's like so is the State Fair of Texas mostly like cattle ranchers because I don't feel like there's a lot of farmers. I you know they have
1: like pig races yeah. and cattle yeah. auctions and things like that. Um there was yeah, a, it's it's a different feel that way.
0: There was a talk about how Iowa is a largely it's mostly pork, you know what I mean because there's so many there's a lot of pork producers down right. there. And there's like one vegetable stand. It's called the Veggie Table. It's one just the one you know huh? what i mean and that's like where people go and so that's interesting um this, the, this texas state fair did put out their new okay, list what, what was, of new foods this year and it cl- includes things like a calypso island shrimp bowl you know that's got okay. sort of a, a you know a shrimp bowl basically yeah. i think the cutest thing is this big red chicken that's like a chicken wing with sunglasses on a red donut that looks what? like an inner tube yeah
1: uh, wow, okay, I see yep. that. That's yep. um, kind of fun. They're calling this the
0: Big Red Chicken Bread Did put the little sunglasses on each wing? I guess. It's a homemade, light, fluffy, melt-in-your-mouth, Big Red-flavored frosting served on a donut, served with a savory fried chicken wing. So it's a chicken and waffles kind Yeah, it's kind a chicken and spin. waffles thing, right? They've got uh, Fernie's Fried Burnt End Burrito. I'm not mad at that.
1: No. Uh-uh. They do barbecue in Slathered Texas. Slathered with they a jalapeno barbecue.
0: popper spread of cream cheese. Hello. Okay. Okay. All right. I like that. They've got a flamingo Tango, uh, which is a mango um, fried and drizzled with a kicky citrus glaze topped with whipped topping and served with a side of strawberry mango sorbet. What? Wow. Okay. I don't quite understand that one, but then they've got another fried Mexicone. They've got like a lot of fried tortillas. It seems to be tortillas stuffed with things. You know? you know,
1: they're, they're a, a border state. There's yeah, a lot, of good, yeah, this is lot true. of good
0: Mexican fried Bayou bites. We were talking about the Texas state for everyone, just yes. to be clear that we are not telling you and what they is. Do,
1: they do also fry everything. Yeah. So here's,
0: this is what I thought I was reading this to the kid and he was like, Hmm, the Southern fried chicken fettuccine Alfredo I see ball. see This,
1: I see this. <laughs> It is a It's yeah. fried po-
0: it's a f- pasta ball with southern fried chicken inside breaded fresh mozzarella and fried, yeah. breaded and fried wow served with a flash fried lemon pepper asparagus spear okay Okay.
1: Uh, that's something but i'm all about the texas cream corn casserole fritters that just looks good i'm down for that too i would eat that
0: all right well we are going to take a break with leaving you drooling for things that you won't be able to eat unless you drive to texas so and you have to drive there apparently but uh that is uh (laughs) but we are getting ready for the state fair so again don't forget i mean not that you could forget it's it's basically in a few days, and we will be out there. All right, you guys, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to talk about um, some interesting food history facts. We'll be right back. This is The Weekly Dish brought to you by El Burrito Mercado. Hey everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish. This is the radio show on My Talk 1071 that talks about food and fun and the fair and fantastic things and all sorts of good things. Let's start with F. Let's start with F. We're <laughs> not. So, speaking of food and foods that built this country, there was a show that I, I, and you guys, I rarely watch, I feel like I rarely get to watch actual TV and I feel like I really get to stumble upon things, but I stumbled upon this show on the History Channel called The Food That Built America. Uh-oh. And if you guys, any of you on Twitter are following me you know that i was like i was sort of astounded by this i was like oh my god and i was just i got totally sucked in and i watched it for three nights it was a mini series a three little three-part event you can now watch it on you know line because all the episodes have been released and so there and so i encourage you to go watch it after this but there are so many things that i didn't know Okay, and this is really about the Industrial Revolution after the Civil War. Right, you know the things where America was like ten years after the Civil War, and things and, were
1: changing so much.
0: Oh my God! And it was it was amazing to me how much we know about Rockefellers. If I say that, I say J.P. Morgan, and you know these are the industrialists, the you know who right. built the Cartier, country. Yep it's amazing to me how many of the food producers really had a hand in that and the magnets and the things that we take today and like take for granted and like, you know, the products that we see and we kind of, and of course some of us who are, you know, a little bit less about processed food, we kind of poo-poo, but the beginning of it all was amazing.
1: And how exciting that was for a lot of, particularly women who back then were primarily the ones making food at home and how... How much time? It how much saved time? Them.
0: <laughs> well, and and also the safety of it. I mean, sure. unbelievable the idea that we we're saying all processed foods is you know are so bad for you, but really back then the actual food that they had to buy in the urban centers in the markets that was the stuff that was bad for you. Right? Like the there was no day. preservation, there was no nobody was guarding, no one. There was so. Let me ask you this: Do you know who had the first electric? The very, very first electric factory in the United States.
1: The very first electric factory in the United States. Using electricity,
0: which was a very edgy tech at the time. It was Heinz ketchup. Oh wow! Isn't that shocking to that- think that Henry Heinz, this guy who was like he had been bankrupt and he had gone through a whole bunch of bad things, and he kind of lit on the idea that the v- spoiled food they were using ketchup to kind of mask the flavor of spoiled meat, right. but it was something that With all the spices, and yeah, the and sugar, it was yep. sort of like a Worcestershire, you know, right. you know, import. But he was like, this is this is you know, there, we could do better than this, and there and this can help you know, people in the country and everything else. And so he started bottling ketchup and doing this whole thing. And he was the first guy. He had this idea to make this massive campus. And he was the one who was like, no, electricity is the future. (laughs) There were, like, less than 10. I mean, like, it was like people were not even using it, and he built a factory with it, the first one.
1: And people were kind of afraid of it, you know, in the very beginning. They thought it was witchcraft. And also that it would, sometimes it it would light fires in your home. Like, you know, things didn't go perfectly at the very beginning all the time. Right. So that's great.
0: I know. And so, and the other thing that he did was because, of course, this was the time of the snake oil salesman of, like, the miracle foods and all this kind of stuff. And so what he, he sent his son to Washington, and they helped Lobby for the first because he was doing all the right things. He was cooking tomatoes and making good sauce and bottling his right. stuff. Safely. And he was doing everything safely and with the right way. And people were getting sick from other things, but they could just claim whatever they wanted to claim. He sent his son to Washington to lobby for the first regulations for the FDA. Right. I mean, like that's like so because of Henry playing Heinz on the
1: same because of ketchup field. Yeah. That's wow. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Those are things
0: you don't that know. That is Excellent. Um, you know who? And you go. You know who? invented cereal don't you
1: was it um, could you possibly
0: kellogg it was mr kellogg it was it was dr john kellogg and william h kellogg the brothers up in battle creek michigan right they basically invented cereal and i mean think about it before that (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it's, it's mind-boggling to, to think that nobody that. <laughs> ate breakfast or nobody ate, like, you know, they may eat leftovers for breakfast because whatever was in the... And l- breakfast was this, like, extreme luxury of the upper class, really, who could take the time to do this kind of thing. Working right. men had to just grab a hunk of bread and go. And then it took these two brothers up in Battle Creek, Michigan, to change the way that Americans think about breakfast because they invented cereal basically as a health tonic it was supposed to cure your digestive disorders oh all right well it was not like and they were eating they were crunching it up and it was and it they were eating it dry at this horrible the sanitarium oh, who
1: thought of milk and cereal it was and, william and it was
0: the brother not you know it was the other brother who was like uh, you should add you should put some milk in there. It'll make right. it easier to eat. And all of a sudden it became... I mean, like, not all of a sudden. Obviously, there was a huge time. battle. But, my God, it became the... And think about that. That changed the way Americans eat breakfast. Oh, for sure. For sure. So bizarre. Okay, here's the biggest one I'm going to ask you. Okay. And this is the I'm one... i get it wrong. Although I got the last no. one right. Yeah, you did. You did. So. Uh, where was the Milky Way candy bar invented?
1: The Milky Way candy bar, where was it invented... Um, Hershey,
0: Pennsylvania? You would think. Except no. Minneapolis, Minnesota. <gasps> right here! Shut the front door. No way. This is really interesting. So obviously Hershey, Milton Hershey, completely created an entire town yes. in order to make his chocolate, oh, right? Yes. So he's the chocolate guy of all times. So he invented milk chocolate, the recipe with that weird tangy bite yeah. that we all identify as Hershey's. <laughs> right. he that was intentional. He wanted it to be a little sour, so it was different from Europe. He... So of course he's making all this crazy chocolate. Here comes this guy, this uh, father and son team uh, from Minnesota, who basically were like, "We should make a candy bar that tastes like a milkshake," uh-huh. and they invented the freaking Milky Way in Minnesota. And they traveled, and then the like Frank Mars, whoop, Minnesota kid, grown in St. Paul, goes to P- Pennsylvania and and, tea, and says, "Hey, can I buy a bunch of chocolate to make these candy bars? Will right. you help? Will you give me a line of credit?" Milton Hershey just goes, "Yeah, I'll help you out. I'll give you a little I'll give you a little push." Not thinking anything of it and instead creates the rival company that will then battle him for the rest of their lives. Like unbelievable. Yeah,
1: that you know, good intentions. Right? <laughs>
0: But like, yeah, there's, yeah, you no. know, that whole thing of like, all of a sudden he's like, how much, how much chocolate are we shipping him? Yeah. And this Milky Way is, you know, it's, a, and then they, oh, it's Snickers. And then they right, invented Snickers and then right. they invented the three musketeers. But he, uh, Frank Mars invented the nougat, you know, nougat is like from 15th century Italy, but you know, sure, but how to put n- it but in, whipping it with right, chocolate creates it. the candy bar nougat that right. we know today. Oh, wow. Here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. We Isn't are that nuts? we are extraordinary. We are extraordinary. We? Okay, here's my last one that I think is just because I do want you guys to watch this show. Okay. Um. Uh. So and it's kind of comes out of this, but well, I I don't even know if I can ask the question, but the idea of there being do you know who Marjorie Post was? Um,
1: Marjorie Post. Uh, was she the uh post serial? Yes. Okay. So she basically
0: <laughs> I know. Well, so her her dad. Uh, Charlie Post, C.W. Post, stole the recipe of cereal from the sanitarium in Kellogg, in the Kellogg Sanitarium, Battle Creek, started Post Cereal, and then when he died, he passed his company on to Marjorie, Okay, and she basically expanded it and became the first multi-net or multi-brand food. She became General Foods. Marjorie Post, at a time where they wouldn't even let her have like board meetings, she had to have them at her house, because she wasn't allowed to really be at the company that she owned. She bought Jell-O, she bought Hellman's mayonnaise, she bought Clarence Birdseye frozen vegetables for the patents. She paid like 12 million bucks for it, and like the idea of this all happening because of Marjorie Post, and she was a woman who pioneered the way that we all think and look at foods, she basically, with the frozen food thing, they had to buy... This was frozen foods debuted before there was a time where like only like two percent of houses had you freezers. know fridge. yeah and so refrigerators or freezers I think refrigerator well it was like the ice box right? right right and then so then they basically she knew that that technology would change the world and so they invested in buying supermarkets the freezer like the the freezer tubs so that they could hold the food and then that became part of this whole process interesting it it is fascinating you guys and i know that it's the idea of how we have got to a place where the processed foods are a part of our life it it, it, like finding really really understanding the why of it is just it's amazing oh right right there it is it's on the history channel you can watch it yeah what's the name again it's called food food that built america um and there's uh, there's some really great other pieces also. Wait, oh, yeah, I'm going to click back to it. It was yeah, it's called The Food That Built America and you can watch the full episodes and it digs into all of it. And then there's really great things about like and they cover uh Colonel Sanders, they cover the McDonald's brothers. Oh yeah. They cover uh you know, Clarence eye, like I said, and there's just a lot of interesting oh, that things. Like, that
1: sounds like it would be yeah. fun to see. I really enjoyed it. it.
0: Okay. Oh, and Coca-Cola as well. So that's fun. All right, we're going to take a quick break, you guys. When we come back, we're going to wrap it up and tell you the moral of the story. All right, people. We are here on our Saturday before the State Fair, and it feels like, you know, summer is winding down.
1: Calm before the storm.
0: Feels like it's been a little bit of, uh, like, and also the cooler edge to the morning
1: it is I'm not mad at that no because the evenings have been beautiful too like it's not
0: humid it's just kind of nice I'm here for that so I'm really I'm really glad hey I wanted to give a shout out I don't know if you saw this or not but a shout out to our friend Jack Rebel at the Lexington yeah I did see this so Jack is uh, you know unfortunately been diagnosed with a certain rare cancer that you know he is uh, he's fighting and he is he wanted he knows that there was a lot of people in the industry who were talking about it right and he wanted to set the record straight so we put a little blog together at at MSP Mag and it was it was really the right thing to do and it's a weird thing to like you know quite honestly we struggled with how do we represent this and how do we talk about this because he's not dead and he's not you know he's out there and he's working and he's he's very positive and he's got a good attitude about it
1: I saw I'm Facebook friends with him and I saw his post on Facebook and and yeah he seemed to have a really positive attitude and yeah.
0: and it's not over and he's in the fight and so he just wanted to put that out there so we wanted to say shout out to that yeah, and to give that. our
1: th- yeah, yeah we're thinking about you all the good all the good vibes coming his way
0: and not that i want to like you know uh put you guys on any path but the lexington burger is up in the burger bracket (laughs) (laughs) against the copper cow kids and i'm just saying that you know i'm not saying anything all i wanted to say was that you know do vote in the burger bracket it ends tonight so this is your last chance to vote and then um, hopefully that will go one way or the other. We're going to announce it on Monday morning. Right. And it'll be a great... It, either way it goes, it'll be great because I'm excited.
1: I'm excited. Yeah. I haven't had their burger. I may have to hike over there. That and, would be a reason to go, yes. to go say
0: hi to Jack and to have a Absolutely, burger. Absolutely. Why and not? Enjoy a burger. Yeah. Um, okay. So there's uh, a lot of other stuff going on in town um, this weekend. I also want to shout out to Sarah Kiefer who is our favorite vanilla bean baker blog. Yes. You know, she is also the pen banging chocolate chip
1: oh, yes. queen of all things. The famous.
0: Well, Food 52, you know the website. Sure, I'm they, very familiar with it. They just featured her pen banging they're technique. they just getting to that? You know, Food it's kind of weird. Food too. come I know. on. But they didn't, I guess it was in July that they wrote okay. up this thing, but they but talked about... Her. That's
1: great. Yes. Food 52 is, is a fun... Uh, it's know, a collection of cooks. It is. You it's know? a fun place to... I love it. To look up for ideas.
0: Um What I did That's love... great. The yeah, way that they approached it was fun. They said the chocolate chip cookies that I changed the way I bake, but then she talked about how, you know, obviously they talked about the ripple effect and the, and the banging and everything else, but then they kind of went into this idea of like, can all cookies be banged? You know? And like, can we have this with other cookies? And so they did this really interesting, like sort of scientific study about what it makes, what makes a great banging, you know, pan right. banging cookie. And they... They did a scientific thing where they're like, "What if we add more flour? What if we add more eggs or well, less eggs and baking soda?" And so they did a bunch of. So, so
1: for those of you that don't know, um, Sarah. Now, I will say that I don't know that Sarah is the very first person in the world to bang a cookie, but um, but she has certainly brought it into yeah. all of our worlds and ma- making us all think about it. So here's what that means: you make a chocolate chip cookie, you uh, put them in, you know, put them on a cook sheet, put them in the oven. They bake for. I don't know, half the amount of time, three quarters of the amount of time, you know, they're puffy, but they're not set. You take them out and you bang the pan. And what happens is the, the cookie collapses a little bit, It causes ripples around the edge of the cookie, gets interesting wrinkles. look, wrinkles. Um, but it, it also creates a, a denseness and a chewiness to the cookie that you might not otherwise have that might be more cakey. Yeah. And so that texture, uh, people are going wild for have for, a while now, and, um, and it's really propelled her into the national. Spotlight in a lot of ways. New York Times did a piece on her. Yeah, it's it's been very exciting for her. So now the question is, yeah, can I do it with a ginger snap? Can I do it with? (laughs) Right. (laughs) What else can I bang? Well, so it's just a matter
0: of banging that cookie sheet really hard. Yeah. Well, but I mean, it also depends on the recipe because there's cakey cookies that will not wrinkle and bang, and there are different like crumble ones, like the shortbread. Those aren't going to do it. It's a science. So here's the good news: Sarah Kiefer is coming out with a cookbook called 100 Cookies that you can bang. And there's well, there's a whole section pan banging i don't think they're all that this sounds i
1: don't know if you didn't know what we were
0: talking about yeah pan banging bang those cookies um sound wrong maybe i know but it's great so i'm excited those are that's coming out by chronicle books in 2020 sarah Kiefer, we love her we'll have her on the show excellent um so are you do you have any foodie things you're doing this weekend
1: um this weekend uh foodie things i'm doing you know it's not really a foodie thing but i'm going tomorrow out on a boat for the day with uh, family Mil- Mille Lacs yeah and oh you're um, driving up to Mille Lacs? yeah I'm gonna drive up to Mille Lacs uh renting a pontoon boat so today I'm gonna be like making a picnic yes you are and so that's my um that's your jam that's my jam so You're I already sandwiches? made the salted butter Ugh. salted butter, uh chocolate chunks, shortbreads. Okay. I'm gonna be down down for that. Slicing and, and cooking those tomorrow. And yeah, I'll make some kind of sandwiches and, and some salads and for boat food. For boat food. Easy things to
0: yeah. eat. That's good. Okay, yeah. I like that idea. Yeah, it's always hard to like. You know, you don't really want too much because you don't want to bring like too much cutlery and everything else. I think no, handheld it's things. Be all or, things
1: that you can eat. Maybe there's yeah. a plastic fork or two involved. Yeah, and exactly. That's, that's the extent of it.
0: I like it. Um, I got to tell you, there is something new that I was kind of excited about. Did you know that the? Um, you remember the Suburban World Theater in Uptown, which had the cool. You know the movie theater that had the yeah. cool granada or, oh yeah it's the granada and it's being it's it 's been closed since like two thousand fourteen okay. I mean it closed early in like two thousand and three and then it opened again and then it closed again it 's been sitting there empty, but it 's a kind of a major piece of uptown, you know what i mean yeah it's a great old building um they're reviving it oh good and so so new owners are in it, and they are you know keeping the retaining the old place are renaming it back to its original the granada okay and um you know, it was a movie theater, and so, but it's also a theater theater. There's a stage as well as a screen, so they have a lot of. You know, they had when I was a young twenty year old in Uptown. We used to go on Sunday mornings. <laughs> Just last year, I mean, and have like cartoons and Bloody Marys. That's what we did there. <laughs> that was the greatest thing. They'd show cartoons because wow. there's a little restaurant component to it. Yes. Well, they are actually going to take and blow out the restaurant component. They're adding a new restaurant. In the in the ground level called the Uptown Lobby and Bar, it's just called Uptown Lobby and Bar, and it's going to be Spanish influenced. So you're going to see a lot of like poutine, like chorizo poutine. They're going to have spicy shrimp ceviches, mojo short rib tacos, um, but also like arroz con pollo and all those kind of things. Ah, opening this fall. So
1: meant to eat there, not to take into
0: the theater. It's part. Eat- it's all part of the thing. You can oh. do both. I think. Oh, I think you'll wow. be able to do both. I don't know. There it is. Anyway, thanks for being here, Meredith. Thank you. We'll hopefully see you guys out at the fair. Don't forget, next week, 9 a.m., out at the State Fair. We will be live for one hour of Weekly Dish. Be there, be square. That's it. Thanks, everybody. Ciao, ciao.